Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Science Guru. I am your host, Josh Bowen. And uh, I'm the other guy, Adam. The other guy. The science guy, Carr. That's <laughs> that's the science, Dr. Adam Carr. Hoi hoi. Um, Julian is away, busy tending his family, trying to welcome... A new bub. Another grandchild into the world. Or Abraham. No, more married <laughs> Britain genes. Well, I suppose we could do with more of them, I suppose. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> they have years to get all the experience again. Yeah, look, as long as they end man. up in coffee, we'll be good. But, you know, if they become uh, we'll something silly like lawyers or doctors, then we'll have how to... How dare they try and make them? Yeah, how dare they be? <laughs> no, they, they specialise in something smart. Be a barista. Hey, you can do a PhD and end up in coffee. To Ask me how. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Today, we are going to talk about coffee trends... Colon 2020. Yeah. This, this is part of a broader piece of work that we're doing at Seven Miles at the moment, which is looking at what the next five years in coffee looks like. Um, so it was a bit easy to do 2020, so I thought we'd publish that first. Yeah, 2020 sounds good. And it's like new decades like are a big milestone for people, so it seems like a good place to start talking about what's going to happen. Speaking of a good place to start, it's interesting also to note, though, 2020 isn't the start of the new decade. It's merely the last year of the previous one. The new decade doesn't actually start until... Oh, this is like this is like one of those Stupid is, is water wet. Yeah. Debates. Well, look, look. Because <laughs> is it zero to nine or is it one to ten? Look, I'm willing <laughs> to go with popular thing on this, but it's not technically correct. Okay. The best kind of correct. All right. Anyway, that's a that's a side podcast. Right. Cafe 2020. We want to look at and see what we wanted to do here is we want to do a piece of work around what the next well new year is going to look like. What trends we're starting to see emerge as of the last five years, and what's starting to like rear its either beautiful or ugly head yeah what's up and coming or what do we predict to be up and coming Mm. and really hitting its stride over the next few years Mm. so something we've touched on already in the past um with a different article uh cold brew well indeed i mean right there are many different ways of extracting it but ultimately the customer at the end of the day is drinking a cold coffee yeah um an interesting thing that we've seen the last few years is that um cold coffee in terms of its market share, in terms of the revenue that it brings in, has grown by about 7.3% globally, um, which is about double the growth rate of hot coffee globally. Um, if we were to apply the trend, so one of the things we're looking at at the moment is how that applies to Australia. So for us, what we found from our data is about one or two, and unfortunately, in every thousand coffees. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make, that is not nothing. That's probably about five a week in a busy cafe. Yeah. So about two coffees in every thousand is being served as cold. Yeah. So you have a cold drip sold and every that. And that may very well be an underestimate. Yeah, and that's I can see that. Under what a global is. Well, that's, yeah, we, we took our data. Yeah. Um, and then if you apply that growth rate, we'll find that in five years' time, we're actually looking at something in the order of about 15 coffees yeah, right. um, in every thousand or about well, roughly two in every hundred. Yeah. So that's still not a massive share of the menu. But at the same time, two in every hundred from one in every thousand, yeah. two in every thousand, that's a significant growth. Um, yeah, like almost as many, like... If you if you separate all the different types of milk like hot milk coffees, mm, then, mm. then you're adding an yeah. extra one of those. Well, that's exactly right. So you find hot coffee is reduced. Maybe your milk usage is going to go down. But interestingly enough, I think that's that's also for our data. People, some people are actually not. I wouldn't say leading with cold black coffee. I'd say for them, it will grow by the same rate as well. So if you're yeah. already serving two in every hundred. Expect that to grow to maybe fifteen or twenty in every hundred. Yeah. Um, which I mean, I'd find it interesting to see if that even happened in a cafe. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, what it also means is that there will be because typically it's sold and classed as a black coffee. Um, it plays into the growth of black 
coffee um, sales. Yeah, right. Because, um, yeah, like I, I, I find that I see a lot of people move from their normal milk coffee to like a black iced coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, rather than going from like a filter, like a, a batch brew or a pour over into an iced black coffee. Right, right. Um, so I think people pe- people want to change and maybe like the options are starting to become a bit more prevalent. Mm. But I imagine this data is kind of influenced by the fact that not a lot of people, at least here, yes, like not, not every cafe offers an iced True. Yep. Um but certainly cold we, brewed coffee right but we've certainly seen calls for it in the last couple of years and at seven miles we've, we've released a couple of different iterations of cold coffee we had an rtd already to drink cold brew a little while ago which sold kind of sold yeah. uh recently we've released a different kind of cold brew blend um yeah. our coffee specifically designed to yeah. make a cold brew from uh, and that's so. sold quite well actually yeah. this yeah. year because um, it's easy and fresh and that's part of its you know nature you want to actually in a cafe have a craft beverage ready to serve someone yeah um, I think at least that's that's another trend we could talk about. Yeah, um, but um, I mean, we're known for our cafe culture, exactly. Which and is so that's, that's part of that, I would imagine. That's it. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, I think I got in here. Yeah, there we go. Just double checked it. Two in every hundred is what yeah. we'd expect it to be adopted by. Yeah, which doesn't sound like a lot, but a lot of cafes in Sydney will do a hundred in an hour, like yeah, exactly. or like a hundred coffees in an hour. So. Exactly. So it's just then, yeah, you take into account whether you've got an ice machine or not. But it also opens up the afternoon markets. A lot of people in Australia, it's a relatively yeah, hot true. country, cool in the mornings perhaps in certain areas, starting off with a hot coffee and then at the end of the day, sort of wondering what you need to get, go down to the cafe, get a cold brew. Yep. Nice way of getting your caffeine in the afternoon without that sort of... Yeah, the taste uh, isn't fuzzy. as intense and you can yeah, kind yeah. of drink it over a longer period of time. So you're not, maybe, you're not looking for that medicinal hit. You just want like a tasty beverage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. So... I think everyone's pretty well aware that dairy is on its way out, or at least soy milk is on its way out. Yeah, so there's a bunch of data around this. I mean, from what we can see, first we can probably touch on, I wouldn't say dairy's on its way out, although actually there's a proportion of drinks served, dairy is certainly going down in its proportion, although the amount of drinks served in a cafe is still going up, so maybe dairy holds it about the same. Mm. But we are finding that more and more people are going towards... um, alternative milks such as soy oat almond hemp coconut you know you name it <laughs> whatever you can make a milk from you can get it yeah if you um, can make it vaguely white that's right <laughs> that's right it's like it's a creamer yeah. uh, a non-dairy creamer yeah uh and um but yeah well what we've seen is that yeah that proportion's going up um i'll try and find that data here in this list but i think one of the interesting trends within that as well is that where traditionally soy has dominated that alternative milk um alternative non-dairy milk market um that's now been well overtaken um by almond milk in fact to the tune of almond milk now makes up about 68 percent uh of milks alternative milk sold um in a coffee versus 11 percent of soy where surely within about five years ago that was almost reverse oh yeah like Um, well five years ago almond milk was barely like something you could get that yeah. worked with coffee and didn't just split. Yeah, yeah, um, well, exactly. As soon as you put coffee into it. Yeah, it's, um, an int- it's actually an interesting question that comes up, and I'm going to discuss this more. If hopefully, when you listen to this podcast, it's out. It's going to come out in the next few, I'd say, a few months. Yeah. Um, yeah. That Cafe 2025 document, but in that document, um, that should be freely available to everyone. Um, is one of the things we find is that with all these milks that are coming up, you know, all these milks also have their allergen ability as well, right? So you've got. You know, almond milk. Some people have a nut allergy. Okay, so we yeah. go to soy milk. Actually, some people have a soy allergy. So what do we have left? We've got oat milk. So okay, great, we have oat milk. So now you've got a suite of things that people are lactose intolerant, nut intolerant, yeah. um, soy intolerant, and it's actually you've got to be a bit careful in a cafe because if you start serving all of them, 
And you give someone the wrong milk and the workflow is no good. Yeah, your risk for cross-contamination. Correct. And you're risking people actually getting a bit sick. Um, yeah, like, be yeah, not not allergies can be quite scary. I've never run into a customer who's had one bad enough that they need to talk, like tell me about it. But well, we don't serve peanut milk, no. Um, but at this, which is, I think, one of the. I'm gonna, I'm getting out of my league here, and probably don't talk about people with um specifically peanut allergies. I know that one's particularly high in allergen content. Yeah, right. Um, whatever that happens to be, um, even though it's not a nut, isn't it? No, really. What's peanut? It is a um. What is the family of um, peas and... Um, Not legume. Yes. Oh. Yes, it is a legume. Well, see, I never knew that. There you go. Yeah. Some things, these things we understand. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, but at the same time, dairy milk. It's an interesting one with dairy milk because I recently tried to try to do a prediction. It looked like if trends continue the way that it currently is, about 77, on average, 77 units per 100 coffee sold are made with milk, full cream. Oh, with, uh, well, not full cream. Made yep. with milk, which 25% is about skim. Yep. Um... That is expected to decrease to about 68%. But at the same time, you never know, right? Sometimes people don't like the idea of full cream milk. And yet in the last three years, full cream milk sales have gone up proportionally to skim because people think, oh, actually, it's a healthy kind of fat. Yeah, yeah. Where yeah. it's going to be in three fat, years' time. Fat's not a dirty word yeah, so much not, anymore. Not right now. <laughs> yeah, not, not presently. So where that changes and where alternative milks change, you know, it's, it's going to be very hard to say in the next three years. Trends are sort of changing more frequently than every 10 years now. Yeah, and there's been a lot of pushback against the um, livestock industry for pollution and things like that. Um, yeah. So people have been starting to move away purely based on the fact that they're trying to consume less animal products as exactly well. and it does have a system you know, environmental impact although then you think about it takes ten thousand liters of water per kilo of peanut uh almonds i believe that's yeah the figure. yeah which and is you sort of start to think well it is actually a critique of almond milk i've seen before as well yeah. i know um we did a little survey in our cafe early last year um, where we had a bunch of different milks on offer and got people to fill out like a little preference form uh, if they tried a new one and we just gave them a coffee for free for it. Mm, mm. Um, so we had, I think, macadamia milk, um, a couple of brands of soy, a couple of brands of almond. And I think that was it. No coconuts or anything. Um, mm, mm. Oh, and we had oat as well. Um, and we were mostly asking people, did they prefer it to what they normally drank? Um, what did they usually drink? Um, yeah, and oh, I think there's one. Will more they continue question. to drink another one? Would they? Mm. Would they have this again in the future? Yeah, I think so, most people actually came away from that saying they would just keep with what they normally yeah. want in the future. Well, yeah, because um, like most of the people who were up for trying something new were the full cream dairy drinkers. Yeah, so which is interesting. Yeah, and then the people who, people, it it seemed that the people who were drinking soy were drinking it because it wasn't dairy. People were drinking almond because it wasn't soy. And that once you gave them a third option of something like oat, they were or macadamia, they were really into the idea yeah. of not having to have soy or almond, because I think they're both really strong tasting yeah. drinks. So they take a lot away from the coffee, whereas oat seems to be a bit more neutral. So this kind of brings us back into what actually happens with oat milk, and one of the things we're expecting is that oat milk. I mean, oat milk is a relatively mild flavor. It's we would expect oat milks to start overtaking soy pretty quickly, if not eventually almond. Yeah. Um, that's sure. a prediction based on very little or no data. I mean, someone was saying, I think it's increased by 425% sales in the last little while. Yeah. Um, I think it was the Alternative Derico who quoted us that number, which yeah, they would know. Good. They actually make the milks. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean it will continue to grow at that rate every single year, but at the same time, you know, it's significant, so we'll see. 
Um, but uh, certainly sales of alternative milk products we think are going to grow in the next little while anyway, particularly as a proportion of those sold with dairy and, and such. Yeah, for sure. So that's definitely yeah. happening. I think a lot of feedback we got was that like people didn't want to commit to drinking black coffee because it was really hard to find a good one as well. Which is ironic because this is the third trend inside there, that black coffee <laughs> um, is sales are growing. And we, we absolutely have seen that. Yeah. Um, if you look at uh, Square Data reports, if you look at the data we've seen in our own cafe, um, certainly, it's interesting actually, you go back to the data, it's a bit spurious, but uh, if you want to base it on something that's actually been recorded year on year, long black sales have certainly increased by a significant margin. Yeah, I've definitely noticed um, that. And I, yeah, exactly. So you'll see it in a cafe anecdotally, but also the numbers definitely suggest that, and it's across all the board. Yeah, long blacks with a dash of milk mm. becoming like... Oh, okay, kind of like the American style, it's an Americano. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I guess that's an Americano, actually. It depends on your definition. I yeah. think in America, an Americano <laughs> what, was a few what? shots of espresso with a lot of water added. Yeah, honestly, I've heard about like 18 million different iterations of what an Americano is mm. versus long black. So, But what, what we see here is about every single year, it grows by about 3%. Um, that's what we've seen since 2016. We expect that to continue. Yeah. Um, and I think what that means in the next five years, there's a proportion of milk sales, uh, coffee sales. We're expecting black coffee to grow in total. That's filter coffee, long black coffee, espresso, et cetera, et cetera. We're actually expecting to grow even up to about 19% or 19 in every 100 coffee. Yeah. yeah we're expecting it to be black in Australia, which, yeah. you know, that, that's... Um, that's not, or 19 in every drink like that. I think we included chai within that breakdown. Oh, right. Um, so this is sort of breakdown with like what Square Data gave us. We sort of made it huh. consistent in that trend. Yeah. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, we're expecting it to grow quite a lot. Yeah. Um, Seems to be following, I mean, I don't have the data for it, but following the rise of specialty coffee. Um, yeah. Smaller micro roasters and baristas themselves being more black coffee drinkers. Yeah. So I mean, baristas have an influence on the market as well. Yeah, look, we, we, we expect it to grow. Too. Um, so there's certainly a trend. People seem to be enjoying black coffee more. It's certainly healthier for you. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. It's healthy. Say that. It's, it's tasty. Certainly, it's certainly healthy. It doesn't have the any implication of any milk inside of it. So yeah. I guess it's more environmentally friendly. Yeah, you don't sense. have to worry about watering almonds or uh, cattle or, or, or... Watering cows or watering yeah, macadamia nuts or oats yeah, or hemp yeah. or coconuts or whatever. Et cetera. Anyway, now for something completely different. That's right. Um, back to some more sustainability talk. Um, packaging... Um, you know, keep cups is a thing. We just did a podcast on it. Um, it'll probably come out before this one. Yeah, so uh, we've the, done an article on it. So yeah, is, we, we've talked a lot about paper cups and sort of disposable yeah. cups and now reusable cups. We're going to do more on that in the near future. But um, yeah, look, it's certainly trending. A lot of more, a lot more people are sort of growing into using uh, keep cups. But certainly, you'd see the data. What we've seen in the data, I think we're looking at about thirty-four percent of people who come in would be very much willing to bring in. A keep cup. That's some mm -hmm. recent survey data we did through our window. Yep. Um, as in those that regularly get takeaway coffees would use a keep cup instead if keep cup if paper cups were um, yep. were related. Yeah. And that's like a pretty good mix of people who live locally and work locally. Yeah, as well. Exactly. So I mean, people are willing to do it, and also now that there's this nice range of beautiful cups available, you know, people have their choice. So that's yeah. kind of nice. Yep. Um, so that's certainly a trend that we're going to see growing. Um, if we keep on sustainability as a theme, I mean, sustainability is definitely something that's maybe it's always been. Well, since especially coffee started, I suppose maybe it's already always been on the radar, but it's certainly getting more and more traction. Mm. Um, you look at the coffee science talks, getting the science of coffee right versus you know getting the sustainability aspects around coffee right farming practices, sustainability in a cafe, reducing plastic usage. Even just a survey of people coming to talks when I went to the SAA last year, you'd saw it, you know dozens of people. Well, score. I would just say dozens <laughs> of people going to science talks, whereas hundreds of people were going. 
to the sustainability talks. Yeah, right. Um, interest, public interest, and general industry interest is very, very high on yep. sustainability. Yeah, for sure. Um, energy usage, plastic reduction, absolutely everything. You yep. know, we're doing our part a little bit at Seven Miles to do that kind of thing as well, and I think a lot of people are. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I've seen moving to um, compostable bags, taking the one-way valve away from coffee bags. Uh, Interestingly enough, actually, we're testing right now in the lab. We're looking at uh, curbside recyclable um, paper bags. So we're testing the taste over time. I'm a bit worried about the uh, the tasting results of that coffee. But at the same time, uh, it's a good... It's, you know, the the environmental footprint should hopefully be reduced from the current standard, which is multi-layer polyaluminum. Yeah. Aluminate. Aluminum, aluminium, anyway. A multi-layered bag with aluminium <laughs> inside of it. Yeah, because um, a lot of issues which, with recycling comes from mix. It, it does. Um, it's it's hard to separate. Materials. It's designed to be strong, designed to actually keep the product fresh, which it absolutely does in the best way. So I don't think yeah. it's... It's going to be very hard to go to that kind of level of technology and make it recyclable. So some compromise may or may not need to be found. So yeah. we're finding that compromise. Yeah, a lot of education too, because... Um, we get a lot of customers coming for retail and a lot of them yep. have ideas about how long coffee should be consumed from roast. Some people think that very same day and some people think two weeks or a month or yeah. vice versa. And they've obviously heard that from other people in the, they've been taught by their barista or other yeah. roasters or whatever. So yeah, changing that suddenly can, would I imagine confuse a lot of, a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, Could do. Yeah. Um, speaking of wastage, the grind by weight yeah your your average cafe is obviously wasting wasting food wasting coffee it's obviously wasting money um but has an environmental impact as well so the more accurate things like grinders get the less wastage that's true and so there's that and there's also the 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 fact that the coffee itself would be served more consistently if you get a more accurate and consistent grinder so grind by weight um Grinders, more and more are coming out. They're getting better and better, and we saw one of the best versions of it. Mm-hmm. Um, again, we got an—I think we got an article looking at the best of Host 2019. This yep. is where a few of us went to Host Milan, um, which is the big coffee trade show. And the the particular one that we we love was the Malcona G65S. So really, really fast, ridiculously accurate, and very consistent, and beautiful ground particles. Not that that necessarily has anything to do with extraction, but no. it seemed very consistent to the eye, pleasing to the eye, very sure. pleasing to the yeah. eye. We pleasing, all know pleasing that to the seasoned barista. Absolutely. No well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thankfully, I had one of those with me. Um, but certainly, to my eye, it looked good too. Um, and I look, I've seen a few particles in my time. I've seen them up close and electron microscope <laughs> and such. Uh, these ones look real good. Um, so yeah, I mean, check a look at that. We actually have a um video on that actually so if you go to our cafe 2020 trends um editorial article you'll be able to see a bit more about that yeah on the um, seven miles.com.au slash editorial exactly um we also have an article now it's out about whether or not you need gravimetrics in there if there's a really accurate time or it actually is, is sufficient yeah we've had a look at whether you can do things by volume or yeah. by yep. weight or by time yeah, or so got, got an article there on that as well but probably not worthwhile going into it now yeah. This is a topic that I thought would be more prevalent in the industry, um, but I don't really see it coming up too often, is automation in the industry. I think, mm. I mean, not, not that automation coming should make people feel unsafe, but I, I would have thought that more people would be worried about super automatic machines coming in and taking people's jobs. But 
at least in the the circles I run in, I don't really see it coming up very often. Which is interesting because a lot of automation is already present in cafes. You've got the puck press, you've got the Uber milk, yeah. you've got machines that arguably you just push a button and it's already set. Yes, you have to dial them in, but yeah. you know, even then again, you've even got some machines that self-dial in. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of these exist for five years. So I'm surprised also that it's not something that's major, but I actually think it will be major in the next five years. And especially coming up, I think this year it's going to be a year where more and more people sort of say, yeah, you know what, this makes a lot of sense. And it makes sense in an industry that have you know increasing wages and there's not a lot more revenue to be had in coffee arguably we've reached peak coffee and in fact there's an analysis I've got in the paper that I'm writing at the moment that says in fact we have reached peak coffee hmm. um, you know the amount of coffee revenue increasing is sort of matching inflation now which means that it's not growing yeah um, so making it harder to make a buck in coffee and so automation may in fact be the key to unlocking future revenue growth potential at least not revenue growth but certainly profit growth yeah um which i know that sounds ooh, automation and profits <laughs> so, you know, dark mm, and evil capitalism but at the same time well at the same time i mean everything upskills you know it's, yeah don't have a horse and carriage anymore it's been happening consistently behind the scenes yes behind your barista yes since people have started yes. roasting and grinding and brewing coffee Precisely. so like like the way that we roast coffee is so much more automated than it would have been 20 years ago yeah um, and the same with how we brew coffee. Mm. So the acts of me moving the coffee from the grinder to the tamper to the machine and then putting milk in the cup. Yep. Um, removing that doesn't really change the product that the customer gets at the end. True. Because everything that's happening at the more important level is already automated. Mm. And and like as soon as someone brings out a machine that automatically wipes out the basket every time I knock the puck out, like most of my job is most of my physical labor behind a bar is gone, mm. which is fine because I can still dial in the coffee and make it taste great. And I can still joke around with the customers, if not more, and spend more time talking to them about why they should buy exactly. one coffee and over we have a, another coffee. And we have a lovely video um, inside our automation piece that we published ages ago that yeah. sort of shows it. I think we've referred to it a few times, but it is a very good video. Yeah, and I don't mean, not self-aggrandizing. I'm not in it, thankfully. Um, <laughs> bit of a speed test. Yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, it's remarkable. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I, that's something I'm definitely going to keep an eye out for. for but sure. an interesting thing, you know, thinking about automation, which kind of moves into the next big trend that we're seeing here i mean we're going to talk we can talk about cashless if we want which i think yeah. automation is going to help but there's also the other thing i'm talking about coffee delivery Ooh, uh, yeah the, in, the integration when you start seeing these trends starting to pop up and you got to say you know at what point if you start getting large-scale deliveries of coffee how much and someone's still got to serve a customer how are you actually going to integrate workflow for both things what do you prioritize I mean, obviously you'd say prioritize a person that's in front of you but that's not the way things normally work when you see orders stacking up behind a screen you've got to attend it so automation certainly can can play a part there hmm. uh, and in fact it may well be that you'll start to see certain cafes that have partial automation and partial traditional manual extraction where the automation is taking care of the delivery service and the baristas are taking care of the people yeah. as is appropriate uh, I would say hmm. you may say it's inappropriate I think it the other way yeah. Um, but yeah delivery is something that's coming and I think in Australia especially and maybe even the US and other places um, Australia you know labor is ex- incredibly expensive in Australia deliveries you know wages are incredibly expensive no matter who you, no matter which, which business you're in so yeah. having something where they can automate coffees being produced for a delivery service might actually make it economically sustainable and a real thing and people seem to actually want coffee delivered to them I never would have thought it's a thing yeah I mean see it in China, you see it in America. Yeah, even thinking about um, it now, like if you, you can get pretty much any cuisine delivered to your door here in Sydney. Why not a coffee? Yeah, mm. and but like when you do decide to go out to eat in a restaurant, 
is that because you want to go see people who work there? Mm. Probably not. True. You just want the product. Yeah. Like unless you're going somewhere, like if you want to go to a wine bar and learn about something specific. Yeah. But when you go to a restaurant, you meet a waiter you've never seen before. You sit down and you... But that's the thing here, like right. You can you can get delivery from your favorite restaurant. You get your delivery yeah. from your favorite coffee place. Yeah, um, yeah you know, it doesn't seem like much of a. Be interesting of a seeing if someone put in a request. I request that Josh make my favorite coffee. Yeah, you know, right. he knows oh, the way I like it. It'll like, happen. 100%, I can <laughs> Probably, guarantee. Uh, yeah. We should just find something in the automated system that says if someone mentions the word Josh, they make it with slightly more. I don't know, sugar or something. Yeah, no, it's just fifty cents uh, more expensive. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so those are all the those are pretty much all the major trends that we're seeing coming in 2020. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, if you have noticed anything in your cafe, or perhaps as a consumer, do you see anything happening from your side of the counter? If you do, you should email us at podcast at sevenmiles Let us know, and then hey, we'll shout you out on the podcast. Mm. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, check out the Cafe Trends 2020 article written by the fabulous Ben Irvine um, on sevenmiles.com.au slash editorial. Um, check out our training program. We've also recently started uploading a bunch of new videos on the Seven Miles Coffee Roasters YouTube page. Um, so if you're interested in things like how to make coffee at home um, or if you want a quick little breakdown of things that we've written about in our editorial, um, or some of our past events that we've done here at Manly Vale in our roastery. You should definitely check out the YouTube page. Um, and yeah, thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Absolutely. Ciao for now.